Okay, uh, let me turn myself up. We're doing a little technical stuff. Hi, Maria, can you hear us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, yeah, I can hear you. Good, good. We are uh, currently on the air, so welcome to WBAI and welcome to New York City. Thank you, yeah. Nice to be with you. Great. Let me begin by uh, um, asking you just to describe where you are right now so folks listening can uh, can understand that. Mm-hmm. So I'm now at home uh, in Kiev, the city center. I uh, get back home from the bomb shelter not very long ago, so it was again a rough night. We had an alarm at 3 uh, in the morning, so we had to run down to the bomb shelter, spend several hours there, and then we were allowed to get back home. So kind of already uh, the process we are used to now because it's the ninth day of Russian war and mm-hmm. um, the bombs, uh, the, the shellings are uh, mostly happening now in, in at night, so in the evening or at night. Right. Uh, so uh, we we are just getting here. We just get like second and third hand reports and it's hard to tell what's going on. So basically from what you're saying right now, it, it, as far as time, it's the morning in Kiev right now, right? Yeah, yeah, so it's 7, uh, 7 in the morning, 7.30, yeah. Right, and here it's uh, 12.30 in the morning, so uh, seven-hour mm-hmm. difference. So is there still a regular curfew where you must go to the uh, bomb shelters every night? Uh, yeah, there is a curfew. It starts at uh, tw- um, 8 p.m. every day and finishes at um, 7 p.m. in the morning. So half uh, an hour ago, the curfew um, was uh, so finished. You... But uh, you do not have to necessarily go to bomb shelter when it's curfew. So you go uh, to a bomb shelter when you hear the sound of siren, so air alarm, and then you run to the shelter. It can be not only during the curfew, also during the day or in the morning. So whenever the stupid Russians decide to attack. Right. So uh, what is the, uh, you know, we see the reports of the fighting in other parts of the country. Has there been fighting uh, within Kiev yet? There, uh, the reports are of uh, uh, large uh, convoys of troops outside the city. Uh, and you saw the explosion at the... Uh, at the television tower, is, is it more than that, less than that? What's been happening that way as far as military activity? Yeah, in Kiev, uh, these are kind of the biggest um, incidents or attacks so far. Um, yesterday, um, or not yesterday, even two days ago at night, we had um, a very um, heavy strike, one heavy strike, which hit actually uh, the place close to the southern central station. Um, and uh, there were casualties, five people died, and this is the place which is, um, you know, really crowded because now the evacuation um, is happening uh, at the um, central uh, railway station. So, um, allegedly, they targeted either the Minister of Defense or the command post of uh, some division of um, armed forces, which is really very close to um, the railway station. And they hit, they didn't hit actually this place, they missed, but they hit the other 
um, buildings uh, close to the railway station and there was a very loud blast uh, and explosion. I heard it clearly because I was at that moment not very far, like two kilometers from there and it was again really scary. But in Kiev, in city center, no Russian troops, no, you know, um, Russian military. So... um, Mm-hmm. We have a lot of uh, Ukrainian guards, Ukrainian uh, territorial defense guards, and also um, Ukrainian military just um, waiting for, for any attack in the streets. So a lot of blog posts, a lot of um, um, uh, barricades being built with uh, concrete blocks and also bags with sand. So the city is turned now into um, kind of a battlefield which is waiting for something to to happen, but not now. It it didn't happen, and the forecast, so expectations are uh, so that um, the situation can go uh, even worse in kind of several days because Russians are now too quiet, and this night was, for example, very suspiciously quiet. Well, quiet before the storm, we say, right? Yeah, yeah, right, right, unfortunately. And uh, why do you think they've been holding out? The talk here is that they were, the the, uh, soldiers were held back by resistance, then they they ran out of fuel and food, there was logistical problems. Uh, You know, everybody seems to have a rationale, but nobody really knows. Uh, Do you have any, uh, closer to the events, do you have any idea of what's holding up uh, this this violent uh, event that might happen? Um, you mean why it still doesn't happen? Or, yeah, why, why hasn't it happened? Uh, why? Yeah. You know, I, I'm more inclined to think not like in terms of when Russians come, but uh, in terms of Russians do not come. And uh, unfortunately, uh, they came a little closer to the cities than they accepted, but they have no chances to go in the cities. So the Ukrainian army really shows and proves to be very effective and uh, fight back uh, very, you know, relentlessly and effectively. As Russians, um, as far as we see the reports, the interrogations of uh, the uh, Russian military on the ground, that they were given even the food um, for like food supplies for three days. So it was expected that um, kind of this war will be one in three days. But they, they, they didn't uh, manage to do this. Um, they get a really strong fight back from uh, the Ukrainian army. And uh, they also, uh, a lot of them kind of didn't expect it to be more than military drills. So they were not ready for this. So yeah. kind of a lot of, I guess, capture. But the main, as for me, is that they really do get a very strong response and resistance from the Ukrainian army. And it's uh, really gives me some joy and hope that um, our soldiers will kick asses of Russians <laughs> and kick them, kick them out of our country because nobody invited them to come here. Right. That's one of the words we can say. There's seven words in the United States you must not use. And one of those words is the words that people seem to be saying to the Russian uh, soldiers who are coming in. F you, Mr. Putin, right? Right, right. And not only Mr. Putin, but uh, there is kind of a motto, which we've talked like um, during the previous live um, review, uh, which not only uh, refers to Putin, but kind of it goes like Russian military ship 
uh, F word. Uh, <laughs> go, go F word yourself. Uh, this, um, is now put on the world in the streets. It is now um, can be seen on social media all over. So this is kind of like a slogan of Ukrainian resistance, of rebellion. So people uh, are not going to tolerate this terrible violence and uh, everything that Russia tries to do here in Ukraine. Slogan of rebellion. Great. You're talking about building barricades in the streets. That's always a symbol of, of rebellion and resistance right there for sure. Um, is there – so I guess what you're saying is that it's just a, a matter of time. You're expecting that there will be fighting. Uh, yes. Um, all, all, all the things show that and proves that fighting uh, more likely to happen is not to happen. And um, – it, Russians, is, so far, it's like the ninth day, and nobody understands who can stop them. Because um, our partners in the West, I mean, countries uh, who are our partners, uh, the US, yeah, the sanctions are being imposed by them. So some economic measures are being taken, but um, it's, here in Ukraine, it feels kind of like that everybody's sitting and watching, just watching, and where is the end of this uh, terrible, you know, hell and kind of atrocities, violence, nobody understands. And, uh, Russia has gone full on, so Putin has already nothing to lose, because he's like, he even bombing the Enerodar uh, city, where the Zaporizhia um, nuclear power plant yes. is situated. So this it's crazy thing, and this is the reality right now. So this was the news from this night. They bombed the nuclear power plant. Uh, luckily, no um, casualties at least reported, and the station wasn't damaged because it has really good protection system. But that's insane, just insane. How 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 can they do this? And nobody can stop them. Nobody does nothing with Putin. And in Ukraine, a lot of people are really upset about that because the response is not as strong and as severe as the, uh, all the partners promised. We now have not only like full incursion, I don't know, invasion, how they call it, but just terrible situation. It's, it's war. The pictures in, from the cities bombed by Russians look like uh, pictures from World War Two movies. So mm -hmm. it's terrible. What do you say to uh, to some people who uh, take this position that uh, uh, because of the NATO, because of NATO wanting to uh, move closer to Ukraine, somehow uh, Russia is defending its interests. By what do you say to people who think that? Uh, sorry, people, you are stupid if you think so. Because uh, when we want to uh, keep NATO from expanding, which doesn't uh, happen, which isn't happening right now, NATO doesn't want to. Uh, to have Ukraine right now uh, as its member. So we have a lot to do to be the member of NATO. But if you do not want NATO to expand, you do not bomb, bomb civil objects, uh, hospitals, maternity houses, um, universities, and uh, nuclear power plants in the country which only now has aspirations to go to NATO, which doesn't go to NATO right now. 
it's just insane. People who say like, oh, the stupid Americans and NATO and Ukrainians are enslaved by Americans. And we do have such narratives among Ukrainian people and also among Russians who, who try to even still say something to Ukrainians. They even dare mm. to, say, to say something. Right. Just, this is just not true. It's just some, yeah. um, I'm sorry, only bad words on my mind and uh, those words with, which should be censored, I guess. But um, you kill our people. You kill children. You bomb civil objects. Okay, bomb, if you want to, you can bomb military objects. And this is what they started from. And now they're bombing everything. Now they're destroying our cities and towns and peaceful lives. So that's not how you keep NATO from expanding. NATO did not expand. NATO wasn't planning to expand yet. And you bomb and destroy all the country which happens mm-hmm. to have aspirations to expand. This just does not match, you know. And this, um, it was called like military operation of denitification. Putin, are you, are you so um, understanding what's going on in, in, in life in the world? What military operation? It's full on war. It's a destruction process. So mm-hmm. it's just it's just crazy. And we are talking about this like uh, some normality. Yeah, okay, war, bombing, shelling. Ha, ha, ha. No, it's not that. I, I can't, uh, you know, recognize my, my country, which was uh, eight days ago, was peaceful, beautiful, and, and developing. Now we have to put on hold, on pause everything and uh, go to shelters, sit there, waste our time, um, waste uh, the lives of our people, civilians, military, and, and wait for, not wait, but struggle for it to be over. Nobody will happen, uh, will ha- help us. So that's yeah. the worst thing of it. Right. Uh, well, uh, there. What? What do you? A couple of questions. One, I wanted to actually talk about the living situation in the bomb shelter because the other day we were talking about this, and you were mentioning that uh, uh, people are trying to make the best of things. Uh, you know, living in a basically a subway station. Tell us a little bit about what this subway station is like, and especially about the uh, the fellow you said who was giving people free massages while you were in the shelter. I found that interesting. What's it like in that shelter? Uh, so these are really, as you're saying, just like you're saying uh, at the metro station on uh, the ground, or you can sleep inside the um, uh, coaches, uh, like there are uh, sitting places and people sleep there because it's warmer. And which I slept on the platform on granite and marble, and which was really very, very cold. But people are like already uh, gotten used to this, and they understand that this is much more uh, like safer than staying at home and risking uh, the life or risking. Uh, of uh, being under attack or shelling. Uh, and people are very helpful to each other, actually. If you don't have something, you can ask uh, your uh, neighbor, <laughs> your neighbor close to you in this metro station, and um, he or she will be really very helpful offering you food or maybe some extra pillow or extra um, blanket if, if they had it. So, really, you know, kind of situation when. Uh, everybody understands we are in this together. We have to handle it uh, with dignity. And um, so this is uh, how the nights are spent. So um, a little bit cold, but uh, safe and uh, in a 
good company with people who understand that we just have to live through it. These are like New York's, you know, you call it a metro. We have, it's called the subway here in New York. Uh, I don't know if I mm-hmm. ever want to sleep overnight in a subway station in New York City if I wanted right, to. Right. They're not the most pleasant places in the world, but the one you're describing was built at a different time and it was built to be a bit more grand than what we have here in New York. Yeah, it was built in 1960, actually, and uh, the um, biggest bomb shelters are on red line of subway, and we have, like, red, green, and blue. And the red one is the oldest and the deepest. Uh, and it has even such uh, special covers, which uh, go up uh, at uh, HPM, uh, so that to seal the station to be more protected, but uh, I guess it's just... Uh, because they have instructions to do so, no need, right. no actual need to do so. Bomb doors. Uh, you have doors that that come down that actually protect against. Uh, why were these built? These were not original. These are originally built as metro stations, but also as uh, to be bomb shelters. Yeah, in case so of, right of of double use because uh, this was built by Soviets, and that's the irony of that because Soviets were always prepared for war, and it was uh, the called uh, war era. So these uh, uh, metro stations were built like to dub as uh, bomb shelters if, ne- if needed, and they didn't use it for once because we know the outcome of Cold War. But we need it now because now we have to fight people uh, who are actually inheritance of Soviet country, the Russians. And it's the irony, you know. So we are using their devices to to, you know, be protected from their aggression. Though they were the people who built these bomb shelters kind of in protection against aggressive United States. I'm, of course, uh, saying it with irony, but um, kind of such different thoughts appear when you sleep for a long time in this uh, granite marble floor of metro. Right. Let me take a minute for uh, just to tell people who what we're doing here. Uh, uh, this is Radio Enable. You're listening to WBAI New York. I'm Paul Durienzo. On the phone, I have Maria Pisarenko, who is a freelance journalist and resident of Kiev. Uh, do you say Kiev or Kiev? Uh, we say Kiev. Because you have to put it like K-Y-I-V, because it's Ukrainian uh, spelling of the name of Kiev. And K-I-E-V right. is Russian-Soviet uh, name of pronouncing it. I see. It. We used to have a great restaurant here in New York called, we call it Kiev, but now we know the real name was Kiev. And I always wondered what, the, what it right. was and what the difference was. We all do here in New York. Great. I miss the pierogies. But... Um, uh, I want to also tell people that they could, uh, if you're willing uh, and folks are willing to call in, we do have a number, 212-209-2877. For folks who want to call in and might have a question, 212-209-2877. While we are lucky enough to have Maria on the phone with us from uh, from the war zone, from the middle of the war zone. Now, we've been hearing a lot about fighting going on all over the country. You're closer, uh, so we don't have to rely on all these news agencies. And, and of course, they struck the a, a, a Russian rocket. We're told struck your TV antenna. Did, what was the purpose of that? Is that to knock out television broadcasting in in Kiev? Do you think? Well, why did they strike the television antenna? Nobody really understands why they strike anything here in Ukraine and this uh, television uh, tower. 
antenna uh, are also involved in kind of TV broadcasting case, but not the main uh, one which is used to broadcast the TV signal. Um, so um, we uh, were discussing with colleagues why why they target uh, these objects. So they target both civil objects and kind of um, those uh, which are strategic ones and military ones. And um, we think that maybe um, this tower just stands out in uh, in the place, like it's standing in the place which is called Babin Yar, and there are no houses there, so yeah. a plain uh, steep valley, so to say, and then this tower. So maybe it was, you know, easy to target, uh, like something which stands out of, of the flat surface. And the worst part is that, um, by the way, um, during the bombing uh, of, of uh, uh, the TV tower, uh, there were five people uh, who, who died, and uh, one of them was the uh, cameraman with whom I used to work for some time uh, on my previous job, and I was uh, like, all my colleagues were struck with the news that he died there, and it was like, oh. you know, when, when you see these losses of people who you are familiar with, the war gets more personal uh, to you, and um, it's really um, mm -hmm. uh, heartbreaking, actually. And uh, another thing is that uh, this tower stands uh, in Babinyar area, and this is the place yes. where Nazis killed numbers and numbers, hundreds and thousands of, of Jews, of uh, just Ukrainians, and um, there were, like... Uh, saying that Russia can kill twice, so uh, even right. it kills those who are killed already by by, by Nazis, and Russia accuses everybody being Nazis, but for but for for herself. So Russians are doing now as Nazis are acting as Nazis. They bomb everything. They bomb civil objects. They kill people for nothing, just for them being Ukrainians living their lives. And that is cynical, just terrible. And we had even seen the address of the Jew community of Kiev, of uh, where elderly people who survived Holocaust. And now, oh God, we have siren now. Can you hear it? Oh, yeah, a little bit. I did. So is this, it is it running right now? Is, That's the siren right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this is kind of again uh -huh. the sound of siren. This uh, so, yeah, this is uh, our new reality, and now I am already uh, out, um, and my family has to come down to the bomb shelter, and every I hear it time now. it happens... Hold up your phone so we can hear it. Yeah, you hear I, it? Yeah. yeah, I could hear it there for a second, yeah. So, uh, yeah. there's a siren going off. Does that mean you have to leave now? Do you have to go to the shelter? Uh, kind of yes, yes. Okay, then we don't we don't want to hold you up and keep you from uh, from getting to safety as soon as you can. Uh, we will stay in touch with you, Maria Pisarenko, a uh, freelance journalist right now based in uh, Kiev in Ukraine and who is giving us a live report from her home. But she seems to have to rush off to the uh, bomb shelter because of the sirens that we just heard. So we're going to let you go and uh, really stay safe. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, bye. Bye. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for joining. Stay, stay in okay. touch and we'll be in touch with you, okay? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, bye. All right. Bye. All right. Take care. Bye.
All right, so we were talking to Maria Pisarenko, and she had to uh, stop the conversation because, as you could hear, I, I, I could hear it a little bit there in the background, the sirens going off in Kiev, and that means that there are incoming. I hope you know what an incoming is, and uh, a very, very dangerous situation. So uh, we are here to take your calls, 212-209-2877, to discuss some of the things we just heard live only on WBAI, right? Live from Kiev. And uh, where else would you do that? Where else could you do that? But WBAI. So uh, folks out there who uh, who love BAI should uh, realize the value of this uh, this radio station and be doing everything they can to support it. This is uh, really a very, very important circumstance now. And you can see what is why it is so important to have this uh, this radio station. I mean, uh, you know, this is what BAI should be doing. This is what it's all about, right? Live from the war zone, telling us what's going on as we speak, right? Directly from somebody who's there and having to go through all of this. So please, please support this radio station. We need your support keep this going we are now fulfilling our mission at wbai with programming like this this is the fulfillment of the wbai mission this is what it's about this is why we fight amongst ourselves so much and why we love this station enough to fight over it because we need it to be there and we can't allow it to uh this is uh, a voice that can't be allowed to die and uh as as i believe the uh the people of Ukraine who are fighting against an imperialist domination are being treated in a way like like pawns between the two big imperialist uh, powers of the world today, Russia and the United States. Nothing new. We've been there before, seen that, done that. Uh, it's time to get real about what's going on here and that to see that we are talking about war. <laughs> 